0: Hello and welcome back to Thrive Podcast, where every Wednesday I discuss ways and methods that we can increase our health and mindset in order to optimize our lives. I think we can all agree that the world of nutrition has become a confusing and counterproductive space. That's why in this week's episode, I have decided to dig a little deeper And figure out exactly what some of the health experts of our generation eat every single day. Instead of getting our information from influencers online, from social media, or from the news or marketing agencies, let's go straight to the source. Let's look at what people that are in the labs researching health, longevity, and human optimization when it comes to nutrition and see exactly what they eat and how they eat in a given day. At the end of today's episode, I'll go over what these experts have in common when it comes to their ideologies and what they believe is the optimal way to eat, as well as some of the nuances that occur. Up first, we have Dr. Rhonda Patrick. I've been following Dr. Patrick for five years plus. She has a PhD in biomedical science and has become one of the leading public experts on the brain, general health, Aging, cancer, and nutrition. Dr. Patrick is known for her pioneering work in the benefits of sauna usage, the appropriate dosage of vitamin D, and she's recently been pushing the importance of micronutrients when it comes to optimizing our health. It comes as no surprise that her her eating philosophy is that food is about bringing micronutrients to the brain and body. When it comes to nutrition, there are macronutrients such as fat carbohydrates, and protein. Micronutrients are the vitamins, minerals, enzymes, and everything else that are contained in our food. So Dr. Rhonda Patrick likes to prioritize those micronutrients such as vitamins. That is why she eats a micronutrient-rich diet of mostly vegetables, but she also does eat meat and fish. She prioritizes eating fatty fish, which are higher in omega-3 fatty acids, and she strongly believes in the importance of these omega-3s, when it comes to brain health. So she eats things like salmon roe, she also supplements with omega-3, and she makes sure to always include enough omega-3 to properly power her brain. Dr. Rhonda Patrick is a big proponent, proponent of nutrigenomics, which is the relationship between the human genome, so our DNA, and the nutrition that we eat. Because different people react differently to different foods depending on their DNA or their genes. So some people may have what are called polymorphisms. So basically they're unable to, let's say, absorb magnesium or they have a harder time converting certain um, food precursors into vitamins, minerals, hormones, all those different things. So she really believes that we should all understand, uh, we should all get our DNA tested and allow that to guide our eating habits and our eating choices and decisions. So With that being said, I recently purchased a 23andMe DNA test. Um, That's the one that Dr. Rhonda Patrick recommends. And she also has on her website an, uh, an algorithm or a database where once I get my results back from that DNA testing, I can input them onto her website and it'll tell me foods that are recommended for my specific DNA and foods that maybe I should avoid, as well as any predispositions that I may have for things such as diabetes, Alzheimer's, and um, things of that nature. So how does she eat? Dr. Rhonda Patrick eats one or two meals a day. That's it. She doesn't snack. The maximum amount of meals she eats a day are two meals. She typically eats lunch and and a later dinner. For lunch, she loves to have her micronutrient smoothie. This may sound disgusting, but in her smoothie, she puts things like kale, spinach, Swiss chard, collard greens, tomato, carrot, a little bit of blueberries, and she does this because she says that these all these compounds together contain the recommended daily amount of complete micronutrients for optimal health. It sounds disgusting at first, but I drank this smoothie for at least six months while I was living in New Zealand, and I can tell you that I did get used to it. It definitely wasn't a treat. It wasn't my favorite thing to drink, but I did just get used to it and was able to pound it down every day. Recently, Dr. Rhonda Patrick has removed some of the fruits that she used to put in her smoothie. So, she used to put half an apple in her smoothie, and she's since taken that out because of the effects that the apple had on her blood glucose levels. Something that's really big in the health and fitness industry is something called a CGM, Continuous Glucose Monitor. And that'll tell you, and this is what diabetics wear, and that'll tell you exactly um, what your body's response is to the glucose that you eat or the the fructose that you eat, the carbohydrate load on your body. She's seen through her own data that even just half an apple had a significant enough impact on those levels that she decided to take those out. So her micronutrient smoothie is now primarily vegetables. She typically eats meat and vegetables. Dr. David St. Clair- is a longevity expert. He's known for his research on aging with a focus on epigenetics. He is an inventor of more than 50 patents, 170 papers, and has been cited 79,000 times already. He's the real deal when it comes to the science of aging. So Dr. St. Clair mainly focuses on longevity. In his thesis, and what he believes in, is that aging is the root of all disease. He points to the fact that children or young adults are much less susceptible to things like diabetes, Alzheimer's, cancers, and all other diseases and autoimmune conditions. His reasoning is that if you can keep your cells looking, acting, and feeling young, you can push back and increase your health span. So we know that there's health span, which is the length of time that you live healthily, and there is lifespan length of time that you just live. More and more people are starting to prioritize health span over lifespan. We can see that we're getting better at keeping people alive longer. However, the quality of life seems to really drop off um, over the last couple of years when the health of the individual is severely affected. So when it comes to living longer and longevity, hormesis is a major factor. Hormesis is basically just a fancy word for saying what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So if you want to live longer, you need to put your body through some stressors. These can be through cold plunges, sauna, exercise. These are all hormetic stressors and that's why they're good for us because they do short-term Stress on the body so that our body and our cells and our mitochondria get stronger so they become more resilient in the future. Now, Dr. St. Clair does acknowledge that plants contain plant defense chemicals or anti nutrients, things like lectins. And so, as you'll see, that other people in this list don't consume plants because of these anti nutrients. Dr. St. Clair points out that these anti-nutrients are hormetic stressors. And so a little is definitely good in his eyes and it causes stress on the body so that the body can uh, become stronger. Just like Dr. Rhonda Patrick, Dr. David St. Clair is a big fan of testing. However, he prioritizes getting regular blood tests done. He checks his blood markers and ensures that he is consuming all the nutrients that he needs to consume for optimal performance and longevity. Dr. St. Clair typically eats one meal a day, and his diet is mostly plant-based, consisting of vegetables, mushrooms, pulses, whole grains white meat, and fish. Next up on the list, we have Dr. Berg. Dr. Berg is a famous YouTuber well-known for intermittent fasting and keto-style eating. He's helped thousands of people upgrade and improve their health online. He eats a lot of fatty meat like salmon and ground beef, but still consumes vegetables. Now, you may think that because he's on a ketogenic diet, he doesn't eat vegetables. That is completely false. Dr. Berg actually eats a ton of vegetables. He eats eight cups of vegetables or lettuce or salad or kale and spinach, those type of cruciferous vegetables every single day. The thing with the ketogenic diet is that you can still consume vegetables. You just don't want to consume starchy vegetables that have a lot of carbohydrates. So he can consume kale, spinach, cauliflower, broccoli, cabbage, anything in that family, anything in those families of food. Someone like Dr. Berg really wants to make a clear differentiation between dirty keto and clean keto. And there has, there was a definitely a fad of dirty keto where you could eat bacon and processed fatty meats and all these different things and say that you were eating a healthy diet because you were keto. That is not what Dr. Berg is about. Dr. Berg eats one and a half meals a day. You can already see a trend here. No one so far eats more than two meals a day. When he does eat, he eats meat, eggs, vegetables, and he avoids high glycemic index foods. Next, we have a very, very interesting uh, character here. We have Dr. Paul Saladino. Paul Saladino is a classically trained physician, board certified in psychiatry, and a certified functional medicine practitioner. At the moment, Paul Saladino is spreading a very compelling and polarizing carnivore movement. So he is the carnivore MD that you'll see on social media. He loves to point out that plants contain plant defense chemicals, but instead of saying that we should eat them, like Dr. St. Clair says, in order to increase our lifespan, Paul Saladino completely avoids plant foods, or at least he did when he started this carnivore diet years back. For the first couple of years, Paul Saladino ate only meat. No vegetables, no fruits, no grains, nothing else just meat. And his reasoning was that he wanted to eliminate all plant defense chemicals. He wanted to eliminate all other sources of possible infl- inflammation within the body. He suffered from eczema, he had all he had a couple autoimmune conditions and he just wanted to really cleanse his body and feel his best. Interestingly enough, Paul Saladino before becoming a carnivore was a raw vegan. So he is a little bit of an extremist, but he's doing it all in order to maximize his health. So Carnivore MD believes that eating high quality animal meat from nose to tail is the optimal way to live. He has been known to compare the nutritional values of kale to the liver. So he loves to eat beef liver. If you put them up side by side, gram per gram, you can definitely see that liver does have a lot of nutrients. However, most people don't consume liver, don't really enjoy it, or wouldn't even consider trying it. But nonetheless, there's no denying that Liver is a superfood in terms of its nutritional density. So how and what does he eat? So recently Paul Saladino has included fruits in it, fruit in his diet. He also only eats one or two meals a day. He also monitors his blood glucose levels and get his blood and gets his blood markers checked regularly. And he eats about two pounds of meat a day. This comes through um, muscle tissues such as steaks. He also eats the organs, liver, heart, brain, testicles. Anything he can get his hands on, he'll eat it. A meal usually composes of organ meat meat, and some fruit, whether that's bananas, pineapple, whatever it may be, and kefir. He also likes to drink a lot of kefir, which is a fermented milk. Next up on the list, we have someone incredibly interesting, not a health expert whatsoever, but a very prominent figure in society. This is Jordan Peterson. While most experts I've chosen are known for their nutritional expertise and background, Jordan Peterson is known for his intellectual prowess, which is why I chose him to be a part of this list. I was interested in seeing what one of the thought leaders of our time does to ensure proper and optimal functioning of his mind. We know that he is most of the time on the spot, engaged in very cognitively demanding conversations. As an intellect, he reads a lot. He needs his mind to be sharp most of the time. So what does this man eat? Well, two years ago, he was not doing so well when it comes to his health. What was recommended to him by his daughter who had autoimmune diseases before and cured them was that he should go on a very, very strict carnivore diet. I know. He ate for one month steak, salt, and water. And he is very adamant that he did not cheat on his diet whatsoever. That's all he ate for a month. And let me just list off a couple of things that he reported. So he said he needed less sleep, he had no more acid reflux, he lost 50 pounds, he lowered his appetite by 70%, his gum disease was gone, his lifelong depression subsided, and he says his mind is now sharper than ever. Isn't this interesting? In the first stage of his cleanse diet, he only ate steak, salt, and water. After that elimination diet, has decided to include some greens. So now he's on a modified carnivore diet is what he calls it. Up next, we have Dr. Andrew Huberman. Andrew Huberman is an American neuroscientist and tenured associate professor in the Department of Neurobiology at Stanford University. He is most known for his in-depth analysis of the mind and human optimization. People love following his routine as the gold standard in human optimization. Just like Jordan Peterson, he's not known for his um, nutritional expertise. He is a neuroscientist, at heart. Nonetheless, how does someone that is obsessed with human optimization actually eat? Well, he wakes up and drinks water, lemon, and salt. And so he is on a very low-carb diet, just like everyone else on this list is. And the first thing he does is consume those three things because those replenish your electrolytes. And when you're on a low-carb diet, the first thing that symptoms, symptoms that people typically get, which I have also gotten, are decreased amount of electrolytes. Because you have less carbohydrates in your body, which actually tend to retain these electrolytes, you need to replenish them more often. So the first thing he does is drink those electrolytes, which he says helps him to fight off the hunger. And then he'll eat at noon and he'll typically have his second meal at six, six six-ish o'clock. So just like everyone else, he eats two meals a day. Also very common, Andrew Huberman eats high quality meat and veggies most of the time. He is a little bit looser on his diet, however, and he says that he'll occasionally have carbohydrates if he has had a very tough or strenuous workout that day. All right, so here's the takeaway. After, after diving a little deeper and cutting through the surface level jargon that is on social media and everywhere else when it comes to health and nutrition... This is what the most prominent people in the space and the most optimization-focused intellects of our time eat, and this is how they eat. So the number one biggest takeaway is that they don't snack, and they do not eat more than two meals a day. So basically, they all do intermittent fasting or intermittent feasting. The more hardcore of them, like Dr. St. Clair, eats one meal a day. So if you can do two meals a day or even one meal a day, you're off to a great start in increasing your overall health markers. Now, it doesn't mean that you get to wolf food down as much as you want and eat 5,000 calories in a meal because you're eating once a day. This is something that I've struggled with because I thought, oh my goodness, I'm only eating twice a day. Now I need to eat way more calories in only two meals. So I was stuffing myself. So there's something called metabolic efficiency which is the efficiency of your metabolism to use the calories that you consume in order to create energy. When you're eating all the time, your metabolism doesn't have to be too efficient. You have enough calories in your bloodstream on you that your metabolism can use it whenever it wants to create the energy that it needs. When you start eating less, your metabolism and your mitochondria have to become more efficient. Therefore, you can actually start to eat less calories if you start fasting and eating clean. And the number one biggest way to increase longevity is to eat fewer calories. And this makes sense because this makes so much sense because every meal you consume creates inflammation, oxidation, glycation, and lipotoxicity, while the body tries to process all of these nutrients. So eating two meals a day improves longevity, health, hunger, mood, and energy and allows for an improved digestive system in terms of utilization of nutrients. So think about it. Now you're absorbing nutrients better, your metabolism is more efficient, and you're able to eat less calories than before. Another big bonus of this is that if you're eating less calories, your body is using less energy in order to digest and process all these calories so you have more energy for your mind and for your physical activity so eating two meals a day is a huge bonus and it's a big thing that all these experts do and that's why i'm starting this practice another big takeaway is that you'll notice none of these experts eat any seed oils. Seed oils are bad, bad, bad news, guys. Vegetable oils, seed oils, things like palm oil, canola oil, peanut oil, soybean oil. All these things are horrible for your health. A better option would be olive oil, coconut oil, butter, ghee. And so I'll leave that there. And another thing is they don't eat sugar. Sugar is bad, bad, bad. Sugar actually, I think, is a drug. We become extremely addicted to sugar and it's Extremely detrimental to our health. So avoiding sugar will be tough and you will have withdrawals. Just keep that in mind. And most of the time, that's what happens when people start to go to two meals a day. They find their energy starts to drop because they're not getting that continuous or that constant sugar rush or carbohydrate rush. So the biggest thing I've noticed is that these experts aren't as far apart as I thought before going in. I thought we were going to have a whole bunch of really different opinions on the optimal way to eat when in reality most of these experts prioritize eating high-quality meat and vegetables so you don't want to eat food that spikes your glucose levels so if you're eating two meals a day and you're eating meat vegetables and eggs it seems like you're following the diet of these experts an important thing to note here is that they are not buying their meat from the deli section at the supermarket This is not real meat. So the issue here is that you're getting, if you're doing that, you're getting meat that's been highly processed. You're getting meat from factory farmed animals, which have been pumped with hormones, are eating grains, which as you've noticed, these experts don't really eat grains. So if your animal that you consume eats grains, you are therefore consuming grains. You want grass-fed, grass-finished beef. You want pasture-raised chickens, pasture-raised eggs. The closer you can get your food or animals to nature, the better it is. They also uh, admit that when it comes to consuming vegetables like kale, spinach, where you actually consume the leaf, it's even more important to go organic because these plants are highly sprayed. In fact, if you were to Google the most highly sprayed um, plants, when it comes to pesticides and herbicides, you'll see that kale is among the top on the list. So you really want to make sure you get organic. You want to make sure you wash it because that can be very harmful to your health. And so that's the trap I fell in for a long, long time. I thought organic was a hoax and I would get all these healthy foods, non-organic, and actually I'll admit this, I didn't really wash my vegetables for the longest time. I also didn't really know of the effects and how important it was to wash my salads and lettuces and kales and All my vegetables and fruit. Okay, another critical thing to note here is that these experts really do prioritize gut health. Although they don't, and I know I didn't mention this as a primary pillar for each of their diets, I figured I'd mention it at the end. And this is that they all consume some type of fermented or probiotic rich food. So the carnivore MD consumes kefir or kefir, which is fermented milk, which is Excellent for your gut microbiome because it is fermented milk, which is high in probiotics. Probiotics are bacteria, healthy bacteria for your gut. Dr. Huberman, Dr. St. Clair, Dr. Ronda Patrick, they all consume these type of foods as well, whether it's kefir, yogurt for Dr. St. Clair. I know that uh, Dr. Huberman loves sauerkraut and he makes it from scratch at home. You should also, while following two meals a day, while trying to eat mostly vegetables, meat, and eggs, make sure to include some type of fermented food for your gut health. Even though we've covered a broad spectrum of beliefs and diets, they're all worthy of peak performance. They all eat less often and prioritize fasting. If you want to do something that will dramatically improve your metabolic health and overall well-being, fasting is a fantastic way. Now, I don't want to leave out the way of eating that is called that is known to be um, veganism or vegetarianism. And so, I did some research, and what I found was that this way of eating is primarily focused on not eating animals because of the way they are treated or because of some um, or because they don't want to feel ethically responsible for the death of an animal, which I completely understand and I completely respect. However, when it comes to human optimization, there are less and less studies that show that we are optimally that we can optimize our health without eating some type of animal foods. It's interesting to note that you can get most, that you can get all of the essential fatty acids, nutrients, vitamins from animal foods, but there are some that are lacking in plant foods. Omega-3 is very hard to get in EPA and DHA format in, in plant foods, which is why supplementation of fish oil is important for vegetarians. I Don't believe that being vegetarian or vegan is the best for health optimization. However, I do understand the way of eating when it comes to ethical concerns. And as you may have seen on social media, I recently started a two meals a day program. I haven't been 100% strict with it yet, but I am definitely breaking into that way of eating and I think that I'll be doing this for a long time to come. With that being said, I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you did, go ahead and share it and I'll talk to you next week.